You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on Twitter at Cliffy D. And I am Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code FLIGHTDECK-10 at checkout, you will save 10% on your entire order. So head over to SportBuffShop.com. What's up, Cliff? How you doing, man? Oh, man. We are this close, Tim. We are this close to training camp getting underway. Uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited, despite the fact that the, there's a, still that whole CBA thing to kind of get ironed out. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm choosing to think positive. Yeah. And that camp will get underway this coming Sunday, as expected. Oh, I hope so, too. It, it would be nice to, I mean, you know, some of the teams today, as we were taping, did start rookie camp. Um, obviously, the... We haven't seen anything. So as far as we know, the Owls have not. Uh, my understanding, I, I think we said that it was going to be on Friday. I thought it was going to be on the 11th. But, it was gonna be, but we'll see. Obviously, you believe what you believe, you know, what you see on on social media about what currently is what is happening with the negotiations. But um, if there's camp, Cliff and I will be there. If there's a delay, then we won't be there Sunday. <laughs> it's a bit, I think it's very simple. Um it's not like we can just walk over to, you know, walk over to McGill or go over to the Big O because it's not there this year. You know, just a reminder. So over in Trois-Rivières. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a drive even from from Montreal. So, I mean, if if there's not going to be a camp, please let us know so we're not burning gas because Lord knows gas prices are pretty insane nowadays. Yeah, no kidding. Um, we, we still do have a, quite a bit to talk about this week, though. I mean, it's uh, from... The draft itself, and surprises after we had our we taped our early episode last week. Um, coaching changes, some other stuff too. I mean, it, it's just uh, bonkers how much we were able to collect for this one week uh, just to talk on the show. So it's, but first and foremost, though, uh, we tease it on social media. You know, it's one of the things that we had hoped to do. And it's, this has been in the works for a while, but we are finally able to announce today that with the help of our presenting sponsor sport buff we were able to announce the sport buff flight crew seats and what those are is that us here uh at the alouette's flight deck are going to be giving away a pair of tickets to each of the alouette's home games this season Mm -hmm. um again Huge props and huge thanks to Chris and Gary over at Sport Buff uh, for joining us with this initiative. Um, but stay tuned. Um, we will be doing the giveaway the week before the uh, uh, the week before, not the week, not game week, the week prior. We will be doing we'll be doing the contest and giving these away. So yeah, that we will make sure that everybody who enters will have a fair chance to win, and that the winners will end up being able to get their tickets in plenty of time to go to that first preseason game versus Ottawa. Exactly. And, and make your, yeah, and make, yeah, make whatever plans that you, you need to do. So this will be open to not only Alouette's fans, but you know, if, if you happen to be a fan of another team or the current team that the Alouettes are playing that week, 
hey, that's okay. Uh, you know, we're getting the logistics together on how we're going to give them away and, uh, uh, you know, keep watching our, our social media feeds for all the, all the information and the, and your chance to, uh, to win these tickets. So we're, we're, exactly. re- we're really happy to do this, man. I mean, nothing, nothing like, you know, um, you know, paying it forward that we, we love doing this type of stuff. Absolutely. And it's exciting to me to know that, you know, we're, you and I are going to be at the stadium. That was a, a foregone conclusion that yeah. we're going to be at each and every Alouette's home game, but we wanted to share the love. We wanted to share the experience. And I, I've said this numerous times. I, I've gone to all sorts, all, almost all of the CFL stadiums and they're all great in their own way. They all have their own charm, Show off. but there really is no place like home. <laughs> there is no place like Percival Molson stadium to see an Alouette's football game. And if we can give just, you know, also essentially two people, the chance to experience that for themselves if they haven't already, or if they just need to be reminded of how awesome the atmosphere is at Percival Molson Stadium. This is an excellent opportunity in order to do so. And we're extremely excited and privileged to be able to do so. And once again, thanks so much to Sport Buff for agreeing to come along with us on this ride and making helping to make this happen. We're really excited about this promotion, folks. So by all means, stay in, stay tuned in to the social medias. Yeah, keep listening to the podcast first and foremost. Yeah, of course, because you know we want we want to see you at Percival Molson Stadium by hook or by crook. We want you there. We want you to be part of this experience, and we we are just so excited to be able to do this. Yeah, um, as we mentioned in the last pod, is you know the rescheduled Randy's road trip occurred uh, yesterday uh, over at the Olympic Stadium. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, with the date change in all, Cliff, you know, I, I think the crowd wasn't as large as I think what they had originally wanted. I think at, at one point, I think it was uh, 50, 50 seats. I think that's what they said. You know, it was a limited number of seats that they were offering to season ticket holders. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, all in all, you know, being able, it was a different type of venue than we've had in, in, in years past. Um, we weren't invited to, to the one couple, was it, was it 2019? The last one, right. it, it wasn't open to everybody if I remember correctly. Um, but you know, we, we, other than that, we had it over at, uh, the McCord museum, I think one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that the last, was it, this is only, was that the f- first year for it? That was the first year. I'm trying yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this one was at the, at the, in the locker room, which still it's a great, I thought it was very, it was a great venue. You know, I don't know where all the other teams held theirs. I know Ottawa was holding theirs actually outside tonight, which I think is pretty cool either way. Nice, nice warm mm-hmm. night. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, over, over all in all, I know we've been to a couple of these things, Cliff, but what, what were your initial reactions um, to uh, what was held yesterday? No, I'm, I'm really happy that the team was able to put on this event. And it was definitely great to have the commissioner come in and speak with everybody. And just, you know, these little, little town hall meetings are always nice. Uh, just to be able to help get the word out and, you know, help have it. If any fans have any questions or concerns about how things are being run, the commissioner is there to answer to the best of his abilities. And I think that there was a lot of good questions that were asked yesterday of the commissioner. And I think they kind of... Made him think a little bit because I'm sure he hears the same five questions yeah. over and over again. And some and were brought up, some were brought up, but still, he was. There were some new questions that were asked of him, which was good. Yeah, and I, I think for the most part, he didn't sound rehearsed at all in any of his answers, which is also key. Mm-hmm. Because I think he, he, we can tell when we're being sold something, and I didn't get that impression yesterday that he was. I, I felt like he was. He knew 
what we wanted to hear. And if he didn't think he could actually say it, he wouldn't say it. And he, he made that clear. Like he, he was all about full disclosure. He was all about making us understand why things aren't the way we expect them to be. But that doesn't mean it can't be like that in the future. And it's just a matter of keep fighting the good fight. Keep talking about it. Keep mentioning mm-hmm. it with your friends and your family and fellow CFL fans. And if this is something you want to happen, keep keep bothering us. Keep you know mentioning it to us every time we get together. And if there's enough interest, it's going to happen. If there's enough fanfare and enough of a groundswell of support for a certain idea or a certain change that needs to be done within the league – you, you now know that they're going to listen and they're going to make something happen. So I would hope to me, I think it was, a, <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but to me, I, I think it was a great event in the sense that, you know, you had a chance to get together and meet some of the admin folk with the Alouettes, something we haven't been able to do since, uh, essentially since Mario Cicchini and Danny Machocha were introduced as the uh, president and general manager of the Alouettes. So, I mean, it was, it was good to uh, finally get, together with these people and meet more of the admin staff here in this in the, in the city so yeah to me like i think overall the the event was very much a success yep a shout out to, obviously to joey alfieri the uh, social media guy shout out to Corey, who was our uh, our season ticket guy um yeah uh let's see uh, danny mack was there i said mario was there margicini was there uh commissioner who else am i forgetting uh kahari jones yep sorry yeah coach kahari was there yep yep so it was nice. A couple of the other coaches uh, also poked in uh, to say hello as well, which was nice. So, I mean, like I said, these, everybody's getting ready for the season get going. So, I mean, this was kind of a nice way to sort of cap off the off season, truly. And just like I said, just get you more excited about the fact that this coming Sunday is going to be training camp. Yeah. Barring something catastrophic, but something, you know, the, the fact that, you know, football is for all intents and purposes is back. Like CFL football is back this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if that doesn't get you excited, folks, I don't know what will. Yeah, and you know, as you know, you know, the commissioner had was taught, you know his anecdotes and stuff like that. His stories they were they were different than what they had been in years past, which was actually nice to see. Um, you know, the commissioner's been doing this such a long time that you know, even if if he has asked this particular question, and I have to say this either ways, he he was able to pivot so easily. <laughs> I, you know, I, I gotta say that to me, that's you know, we got an answer, but then it pivoted into something else, which got into another, not necessarily got off topic, but it got it onto another topic, which I guess we could say um, extended the conversation because it may have brought something else to light or brought something else into the conversation that people could comment on, which which it did, which it did. But I mean, it's uh, you know, I, I guess when it comes to when you're the commissioner, when you are the face of the CFL, when when you're there. Uh, representing all of the governors, obviously there's you know there are certain things you can and can't say or there. So it's just not just don't say it. Try to lead it into the conversation into a uh, onto another topic, and you know that's that's what the commissioner does. That's what the commissioner mm-hmm. did. And so it's you know um, anything out of the ordinary or anything that caught your eye about what was brought up or what was said yesterday by anybody, whether it been Coach Coach Gahari, Danny Mac, or. Uh, or the commissioner, or or, well, think, or Mario, or Mario. Right. What I think was interesting, and I think kind of welcome to tell you the truth, was the fact that Randy was very uh, adamant about having uh, Coach Kahari and Daddy Matocha come in to explain some of the new rules that were coming into effect, particularly about the hash marks being moved in. Yeah. 
and just how that's going to affect the team and how that's going to affect the strategizing and the coaching, essentially, for this upcoming season. Which, by the way, for those who didn't see, I don't know if you saw it, Cliff, uh, one or two of the teams actually tweeted it out, what what it currently looks like now with the new hash marks. Mm-hmm. So so getting that, getting that little bit of an explanation, I think for a lot of fans, I'm sure that may not quite understand the significance of moving the hash marks in. Yeah. I think they, I think both Kahari and Danny did a very good job of explaining why this makes this will help open up the game. Why this will help make scoring a little more prevalent, and also to talking about a little bit more of the strategy in some of the other rules as well. I think it was good to have your actual coaches come in and break it down for you as plain as possible, so that you at least get a better sense of why these rules are now in place. And also, I felt what else I found interesting too was. When they talked about how all the coaches, general managers, and presidents of all nine CFL teams got together to talk about these rules and what changes needed to be made and everything about it. The fact that there was so much good discussion about it, apparently, that they want to extend this next season to have like possibly even two days worth of conversations and discussions as far as trying to implement new rules that will help make the game better, help make things flow a little bit better. To me, I... I I think that's great. I think this is the kind of stuff that we as supporters of this league want to hear, knowing that they're trying to do everything possible to make this game better because mistakes are going to be made. And there's definitely going to be a bit of a feeling out period when it comes to a lot of these new rules and how things are going to work. But if they end up working out well, then you start looking at other possibilities as well. Like what else can this league do to make this game run smoother and just be a much more exciting product to look at? Yeah. Um, trying to think of anything really. So I like that portion. That was I. I you know, for me, I love the passion and and from from the fans that were there and the questions that we got. Um, I know for one one particular thing was brought up when it was. And I think we've talked about this before. Is you know the schedule and I think the comment was from the commish. Uh, he's actually happy when the when the schedule comes out. If he's act, he's actually happy that if he hears nine different phone calls from nine different team owners complaining about the schedule. You know, mm-hmm. so he knows that not necessarily that the schedule's done what is necessary, but it's, you know, everybody wants to have the perfect schedule. Right, and it's just not going to happen. It really it's next to impossible. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of the situation and ultimately, as he said, all nine teams agree to it, but at the same time they may not necessarily like it because it may not benefit them in certain ways, but it is what it is. And I mean, it, it, it's such a headache. It can be uh, like I feel for everyone who is involved in the schedule making process. I know it can't be easy, even just a little bit. No, no. But again, you know, it and, and other things were brought up, too. Uh, I think it was uh, the idea of the Grey Cup on CTV, the idea of simulcasting the CFL on CTV or CTV2 also during the year. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm, we'll see what happens going forward. We'll see what happens because, you know, for us, it's, if you want to bring in new fans, you've got to find a way to think outside of the box. And I think that's all that we asked for. I'm sure we get frustrated as fans that we're not going to have it right away. Obviously that's the case now. I mean, it makes sense. We're not going to, you know, cause everything's already been set as far as we know. Maybe, maybe we're going to get a surprise because remember the TSN schedule's not come out yet. Uh, so we're assuming that it's just all going to be on TSN. Maybe they'll surprise us with a game on CTV. Who knows? Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, a great night. Obviously, it ended well for us, too, because 
I guess we could say we are some of the lucky fans to actually have an early hands-on with the Alouettes' newly redesigned helmets. So what were your thoughts, seeing it up close for the first time? Well, I mean, it's there. It, that's what it is. I mean, my, my thoughts have not changed. I mean, I personally, I think there was no real good reason to change the helmet. But, I mean, you see it up close. It, it looks nice. It's fine. It's, you know, I, I'm sure it'll look nice on, even nicer on game day. Yeah. To me, though, I mean, I, I said it at the time. It was change for the sake of change. And I still haven't really wavered from that. Uh, I get why the team did it. And, okay, fine. So yeah. there's the helmet. Uh, at the end of the day, you can wear a garbage bag on your head. I just want you to win football games. Well, that, like, that, that's, see, that's not very safe because you can't see through the garbage bag uh, unless you make holes in the bag itself. Uh, well, I you hope know. you'd make holes. Well, I mean, also, what I mean, what happens if there's a gust of wind? I mean, that thing could blow up like a like a balloon, and all of a sudden, you're you know, your running back is you know blown back five yards rather than going forward ten. You can't have that, Cliff. Come on. You of all people know you can't wear garbage bags on your head. I mean, if your team is garbage, then you can wear a, 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 a you know a paper bag on your head. Sure. It would probably offer about the same level of protection, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I love seeing it. It actually did. We'll have to see what it looks like on the field uh, and in the sun, in, in the daylight, because it the, the shell does look darker. I don't know what it is, but that shell does look darker. It, it seems to be a darker blue, but it could just be my my eyes playing tricks with me. I don't know, but and you know, just uh, just at least mentioned uh, yes, Mike. It's a nine point five, so I changed it from a nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if if you ever have a chance, any uh, in in the near future, go to one of these events. They're fun. They're fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we're curious, and we're curious to see we're curious to see what the Owls are going to do for the next year. Uh, besides, we know about fans will be allowed on the field. Uh, they they have quite a few fans they want allowed to allow on the on the field after the games this year. So, should be fun. Should be fun. Um, the draft. What? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's been a it's been a week since the CFL draft, and I'm still very very pleasantly surprised at everything that took place. I mean, it was. A pretty wild day leading up to the draft when no you think kidding. about it. Dude, no kidding. I mean, did you on I know I know you're about to talk about this, but did did you honestly expect the Alouettes to trade up for the number one pick? Here's the thing. I had heard some rumblings about about the fact that Chris Jones was open to making deals. Right. To, for that and that Montreal apparently was into discussion for that. And I didn't think too much of it because I thought, oh, well, gosh, uh, for, okay, if you're going to move up from four to one, you're going to have to give up something pretty big, I think. And it really wasn't. Well, that's the thing. That's when when they made the announcement. Like first, but let's preface this first. Sure. Before that that trade was made for the first overall pick, the Alouettes made a deal with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to basically take their ninth overall pick in exchange for Cam Lawson, who has had a very hard time trying to crack this roster. Really, when you think about it. Yeah. Like, you don't necessarily want to give up good defensive line players, but at the same time, Lawson just hasn't been able to get onto the field. And, you know, I think maybe a change of scenery, scenery might be what's needed for him. So I was surprised to see that. And then also, too, they switched from the 13th and 18th picks, respectively. So Montreal had already made a bit of a move there and now owned two first-round picks in the 2022 draft, which right, right off the top, you're like, okay, okay, they got a plan in mind, but what? I know, and considering too that you know, even with a nine-team league, uh, 
You know, this was the, the it's since the CFL was formed, this is only the second time that the Alouettes have had the number one pick. And the last time was in 1972, where they where they picked up Larry, uh, Larry Smith. That worked out okay. <laughs> yeah, but you got to admit, I mean, that's kind of crazy. Only nine teams that's had sometimes eight. I guess it just goes goes to show. I, I can't say the stability because they've had some really crappy records over their career, over the career, and a gap of ten years where we didn't have any draft picks. Well, yeah, there's there's that when you're not playing football that you don't get draft picks. So. Yeah. <laughs> So and it, I guess this kind of speaks to how successful the Alouettes organization has been on a whole, yeah. pretty much since they came back in 1996. When you like you, when you don't have the first overall pick, that means you're not the worst team. And it's been a while since the Alouettes could honestly say that they were the worst team in the Canadian Football League mm-hmm. up until that point. And then, as you said, there's that bit of a lull from basically 2015 to 2019, where things were just not looking good, and then you get trades that mean your first round draft picks are going elsewhere and <laughs> yeah. just a whole it makes me wonder if you would have had a first we would no we don't think we weren't we still weren't the worst team in the league at that point so we wouldn't have gotten uh the first overall pick so no it's and, and then technically then the one year where the Alouettes did actually have the first overall pick they traded it to hamilton mm-hmm. yeah so i so again th- this was definitely uncharted territory for the Alouettes, and for them to make the move with the edmonton elks uh, to me, I, I thought, okay, wow. And then you see what the, the what the details of the draft or the, the, the trade was. Mm-hmm. Trading the, the fourth overall pick and the rights to Alouette's offensive lineman or draft pick from 2021, or sorry, 2020, uh, Carter O'Donnell to the Elks in exchange for that first overall pick. Now, my first thought when I heard this was, uh, what? Yeah, this like, is, I, we're not talking NFL blockbusters here. <laughs> No, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm like, Carter O'Donnell of the Indianapolis Colts. You, you you want his rights, knowing full well that he's still a member of the Colts and has no inclination of possibly coming up to Canada anytime soon, as far as we know. Yeah, it was one of those uh, those those futures picks that we've that really have really been a. Uh, I guess we could say a stronghold in the CFL draft over the past couple of years. Cause 20, 2022 draft was completely different in my opinion, when it came to draft picks and, and their potential of making the, the, the roster. Right. But again, this, like, unless Chris Jones has some, some serious Intel on this guy, mm. I mean, yes, he's an Alberta kid and yeah, it kind of makes sense that he'd maybe want to play for the hometown team. But at the same time, there's no inclination or any sort of suggestion that he might be coming up north anytime soon. So was Chris Jones really, really, was he really willing to risk the first overall pick where you can literally pick any player you want in exchange for a maybe? I mean, the fourth overall pick is not bad either, but I mean, but for the the rights for a guy who may not come up to this league still for another couple of years, if then, I, I... like I said, unless Chris Jones has some serious intel that we just don't know about, like this is baffling. But yeah. you got to give props to Danny Mac for making the move, and like he 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 went all in on this. And obviously, there's you know he knew he who he wanted to take in the first round without question. Oh yeah, and then to basically double down and get another first round draft pick, and essentially all it cost you was a player that has a hard time cracking the lineup. And a player who may never actually set in foot in Canada to play football. I mean, that's that's a masterstroke 
when you think about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and, like, and for those, by the way, for those who didn't see here the entire list, let's, let me go through the entire list here, Cliff, and, the, and we can you can give me your thoughts. Uh, overall, number one was the Tyrell Richards out of Syracuse. Uh, all, number nine choice was uh, wide receiver Tyson Philpott from Calgary. Uh, second round, uh, 18th overall was uh, Rodian Brown from Alberta. Uh, third round, number 24 overall, was uh, Vincent Forbes Montbleu out of Laval. I hope I pronounced that properly. Uh, fourth pick, 33rd overall, was uh, Tyson Otis Copeland out of Montreal. Uh, fifth round, 42nd overall, uh, uh, Rith Jean Gerard out of Montreal. Uh, sixth, 51st overall, Peter Kozushka out of Alberta. Uh, seventh, 60th pick uh yanis uh was it is it chill hat chill hat i think it's Shiha. Shiha. okay yeah out of laval and lastly uh, out of eighth round 69th overall was zach lindy out of western now first before we talk about anything you and i both over the past couple years we have you know and it, it was even made a big deal about right before the draft about how danny mack has usually gone the route of guys that he had originally uh, at UDM, or he goes after Quebec-born players, mm-hmm. which which makes sense. Obviously, we're in Montreal; the teams in Quebec. It, this was really a departure for Danny Mac because I mean, the first three rounds, sorry, first three picks, it was really a departure from what he's done in the past. But overall, though, out of the picks, what 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 do you think about uh, about our draft? Well, listen, if you're going to get the first overall pick, mm. and if you're you're just going to use it to to burn it just to grab a Quebec-born player. I, I I think he would have been drawn and quartered for that one. <laughs> well, then he shouldn't be our he shouldn't be our GM. No, I mean you you take the best player possible, and every mock draft, every consensus board that I had seen about this year's draft said that Tyrell Richards is the can't miss superstar. This yeah. is the guy that you have to take if you got the first overall pick. You're taking Tyrell Richards, and you don't look back. And that's exactly what Danny Machocha did. And I'm really glad because again, as a linebacker. This linebacking core for the Alouettes is looking a tad thin. I mean, you, yeah. You've got Chris Aki. Uh, you've got uh, Brian Harley Mana as uh, your your national linebackers right now. Adding a Tyrell Richards, now you've got someone who can step in practically right away and become an impact player. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting to me. Uh, like that, that, that was the pick that had to be made. And obviously, uh, Danny Machocha and the coaching staff in Montreal, they were in... Toronto for the CFL Combine. They got to see Richards in action. He participated in drills, uh, defensive line drills. He participated in linebacking drills. He, just, he did some time on the uh, in the secondary. So they got to see what this kid can do. Mm-hmm. And as a, as I said, everybody saw what he was able to do with the Combine, and he put uh, put out a phenomenal Combine. Like he he posted some pretty outstanding numbers. His measurables are pretty great as well. I mean, there is a lot to like about this pick. And obviously, Danny Mac got to see him up close in person this time, as opposed to just trying to rely on Zoom videos and previous experience when it came to drafting players. Right. He got to see this guy up close and personal, and it was pretty clear that, okay, I, I got to do it. Whatever it takes to get this guy, I've I got to do it. But he, he was smart. He bided his time, heard that Chris Jones was interested in moving the pick, and clearly made <laughs> made Jonesy an offer he couldn't refuse. So I got to give props to Danny Machocha for kind of 
shying away from the, the original na- narrative because even a lot of people during the Combine broadcast were just talking about, well, you know, Danny Machocha, he's going to be drafting his Quebec players. And sure, he did end up drafting some Quebec players. So, I mean, that was not a surprise. But the fact that he made the move in order to better this team, and as far as I'm concerned, he took the best player available first overall. And this is someone who's going to step in right away. Sure, he's not a Quebec-born player. Who cares? This guy can play football. This guy is a baller as far as I'm concerned. I've seen enough of his film. I really like what I see. I really think that this guy, come training camp, is going to be able to make an impact right away. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Alouettes need, as far as, especially too when it comes to rebuilding this defensive core, is you need players that can step in right away and make an impact. And the fact that he's a national player is just the icing on the cake. Yep. Yeah, I'm 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 curious to see what these guys can do. So that this is another reason why we're hoping that camp starts starts on time, so we actually see what these guys. Obviously, they got to be signed first. I know a lot of the other teams. I think once their rookie camps started, that they announced that their picks had been had been um, had been signed to contracts. I'm sure once we get to that point, the Alouettes would do the exact same thing. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Um, out of the uh, out of all the choices that we had, uh, sorry, out of all the picks that we ended up getting, Cliff, um, who do you think who is your sleeper? One player that I'm really really excited about seeing in action is the last player taken in the eighth round, Zach Lindley. Mm-hmm. Watching his film, holy crap, this guy is disruptive. I mean, this guy has an incredibly high motor and, and just. He gets himself into the play. Like he tracks the football down defense. Like another linebacker, someone else who I think also too, if given the opportunity, could make a lot of noise right away. I, I, I mean, his film is incredible. I mean, he he just gets right in the quarterback's face, or he'll he'll dive right into a play. Like he's caused a few, he's forced a few fumbles. He's uh, caused a few picks to happen. I mean, like this guy just is all over the place and dangerous, and I like that. Like like he's got a bit of a nasty streak to him. I mean, wow, <laughs> this I, I think this is one of those picks that is going to shock everybody at just how incredible like like the fact that this guy was still available in the eighth round mm-hmm. is mind blowing. That's just based on what I've seen. OK, and let's not forget, he helped win a Vanier Cup last year. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a kid that's ready to play and he's got that championship experience to him already. Uh, I, to me, I, I, I think this is a this is someone who I think is going to really make a lot of noise and I, I'm really excited to see what he does in an actual training camp environment. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I should put out a straw poll. Hey, uh, out of the, out of our eight draft picks, excuse me, out of our nine, uh, who should we get first on the, on the, on the pod? So Absolutely. straw poll to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Also too, I, I gotta, I gotta give respect for the, uh, the offensive linemen that were taken in this draft. Yeah. I know a lot of people were, were, ready to bet their mortgage on the fact that the Alouettes were going to draft uh, Cyril's, uh, Cyril Hogan-Sagnon, mm-hmm. Sandon, I should say. He ended up going to Ottawa, so he still has you know ties to the Francophone region there a little bit. But the two offensive linemen that were taken, uh, Rodin Brown and Paul Kuzushka, oh boy, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch these guys in action. They're both from the University of Alberta, yep. uh, both big boys. Uh, some questions about their mobility, but... One thing I did see with these guys is they're big, they're strong, and they're able to create lanes. Yeah, Kozushka is, 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 by the way, 6'7", for those of you who don't know. He's a big boy. 6'7". Yeah, 6'7". I think he's like uh, 320, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that light for a guy who's 6'7"? Uh, thing is, though, I mean, it, 
I guess it's all in how you carry it. But <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, it's true, 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 true. But uh, one thing about these guys and why I think they're perfect for the Alouettes is the fact that they're going to create lanes, whether it's for your running back or for your mobile quarterback. I, I mean, given the opportunity to work with uh, with Luke Bredor-Jodet as uh, offensive line coach. Now, these guys, I got to feel that these guys will be futures picks because I believe they're both supposed to be going back to University of Alberta this year. Okay. But get them in a training camp environment now. Get Give them a, a taste of the of the big time, so to speak. Let's see what these guys can do. Let's see what kind of seasoning these guys can get early on. Go yeah. back to the University of Alberta and just you know further develop there, and come next year. Like you get these big boys in, and they know what what's expected out of them when they come to the Alouettes. I I just think a good thing's going to get even better. Like this offensive line, I think has improved by leaps and bounds over the past couple of years, and adding a couple of youngsters like this into the the you know to the depth chart, if you will, yeah, is only going to provide you know better results for this team. I'm really excited to see what these two guys can do over the next couple of years. But this, I'm very impressed that they that Danny Machocha went to the University of Alberta, not once, but twice, and got two guys that I think are really going to be impact players in the, over the next couple of years. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Because we, we don't want to glance over it because you did mention it. What were your thoughts on the uh, on the, the, the pickup uh, from the global draft? Um, well, it's kind of interesting because... Uh, the first round pick uh, Kingsley Jonathan has already signed with the Buffalo Bills as an undrafted free agent. So it kind of felt to me more like they were securing his rights more than anything else, but he's also played with Tyrell Richards at the university of Syracuse. So I'm guessing the Alouettes must've watched quite a bit of Syracuse film over the past couple of months and seeing what, uh, what's available. So will he ever end up in Montreal? Who knows? But uh, you know, once again, you take the best player available and, a lot of people believe that this is a guy that, uh, if he ever comes up north, can definitely be, uh, you know, a force to, to be reckoned with. Uh, for the other two draft picks, uh, Thomas Odukoya from Eastern Michigan, I think that's Eric Delorier's uh, doing right there because yeah. he's a, a former, <laughs> a former Eagle. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my gosh, this guy—it's kind of weird because like tight end, he's a tight end and is going to the Tennessee Titans as a tight end. Now that's a position that's not typically filled in the CFL. Uh, it's more that's more for fullbacks or you know you basically turn him into a a slot back Mm -hmm. but he's got great hands uh from what i've seen and uh you know like if it doesn't work out in tennessee i wouldn't be mad seeing this guy come in and compete for a roster spot yeah and then once again as uh, most cfl teams do (laughs) in the global draft you go and you get yourself an australian kicker but I mean, what's funny is, and I noticed this year, by the way, a lot of these guys, you know, the, the, the global draft of the, of the last two times that it has occurred, a lot of these players were overseas, you know, yeah. they, in Europe or whatnot. I noticed that there, a lot of them were all, were, I guess, I, I, maybe I just don't know the rules for the global draft or don't understand them properly, but all these guys seem to be stateside. Well, if they're in school here, then it would make sense why they're already, uh, in North America, right, right, but I, I guess I guess I was understanding it that it was it was supposed to be global players playing, you know, because you know the, the whole global thing was to get other countries to watch, or, or you know, if you have a guy who's playing in Sweden and you draft him, maybe you'll be able to get you know the Swedes to watch CFL, that type of thing. Right. I mean, I, I could, I mean, like I said maybe I misunderstood how it was supposed to be done, but that's all. But either way, talking about this punter, if this guy sticks. It will be that he will automatically be a fan favorite and our PA announcer. It will be so much fun just to say 
Christodoulou. <laughs> yep. By the way, it's Kirk. Kirk Christ. If we're pronouncing it properly, Kirk yeah. Christodoulou. That's right. So I, I mean, I don't think Joe even is going to have any, uh, you know, sweats as far as uh, potentially losing his job. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens if uh, again Kirk Christodoulou ends up in camp, but. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing wrong with a good, healthy competition. No, and I think that's what that's what's going to be provided. I mean, look, we saw what Joseph Zima did last year, yeah. kicking alongside with David Cote. And I, I think they did a phenomenal job. I agree. Two. I agree. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, maybe a little competition is just what the doctor ordered. You know, like they say, iron sharpens iron. Right. So mm-hmm. let's let's see if uh, bringing another Aussie punter uh, is just what's needed to make sure that uh, Mr. Zima stays honest. Yep, that seemed to be the big thing in the CFL Global Draft this year, too. As you said, Australian kickers. <laughs> yeah. If you're Australian and you can kick a football, we'll find a spot for you. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. Um, but overall, with this draft, the one thing I, I, I got to really, truly give uh, Danny Mac all kinds of props. And I'm sorry to get a chance to tell him this in person yesterday. But, uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he did what needed to be done. He addressed all of the needs, as far as I was concerned, for the Alouettes, as far as, like, draft needs go. Uh, yeah, he made his Quebec-born picks. We expected that. That was not a surprise. It wasn't all Quebec-born or Francophone players, and that's fine, too. Yeah. The fact that he was able to diversify and pretty much address the needs without, you know, having to worry about uh, where this kid was born. At the end of the day, you took the best player available to you or the one that you think would fit your system the best. I mean, I was very surprised to see Tyson Philpot being selected. Uh, but maybe I shouldn't have been because, again, it's, there seems to be this call to strengthen the national receiver position, right? especially with the signing of Herjim Mayala. You got Kion Julian Grant already at, uh, on the roster. So if this kid can step in right away and play as well, my goodness, like th- this is just an embarrassment of riches as far as I'm concerned. Like there's a lot of players in this draft that were taken. There's a few futures players and there's guys that can step in right away and can contribute to this team. And I'm really curious to see just how everybody that comes to camp is going to perform. Mm-hmm. But really, realistically, I look at the players that were taken. And again, I, I'm pleasantly surprised and even impressed a little bit with, with the work that Danny Machocha and his staff did. I mean, outstanding as far as I'm concerned, like the, as, as far as I'm concerned, like he hit a home run with this draft. Yeah. With uh, the, and that coming from you, by the way, that, that tells me that thumbs up, thumbs up. I just, I just, I just want to see these guys play. I just want to see these guys play, see what they can do. Yeah, I'm really excited. Like I said, I, I'm hoping that we can get all of these guys at, in camp, at least to give them the camp experience. And like I said, the ones that are going to go back to school, go back to school. But you know what? Give them that little bit of experience. Give them a chance to rub shoulders with some professionals. Uh, give them a chance to line up against guys that are seasoned veterans that can you know start imparting their wisdom on them and whether they go back to school or they end up on the practice roster or what have you, they'll be richer for the experience of being in an actual training camp environment. And I, I really think a lot of these guys are going to be impact players right away. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what these guys can do in an actual training camp environment. Yeah. It, it should be fun. As I said, finally being able to see them in person. That's the main thing. Um, don't forget, we are on social media. There are many places where you can find us. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us over at Alouette's FL Deck. On Instagram, you can find us by searching for Alouette's Flight Deck. On Facebook, we're over the Alouette's Flight Deck pod. Uh, YouTube, we're almost there. You guys can get us there. We're 19 away from getting us to 100 people. Uh, and we can give away that uh, Delta jacket. I know we've talked about it infinitum, but... 
it, hey, get us to 100, man. That's all That's all we're asking for. Just get us to 100. Con- the content will be there, we promise you, co- going forward. Um, hey, Cliff, by the way, did you happen to notice yesterday at the Randy's Road Trip how many questions I got about my uh, Flight Deck merch shirt I was wearing? Yes. Yeah, a lot of people are wondering. And, and, and I, if you happen to see the pictures of us po- uh, posted on social media, uh, it, it's that uh, uh, minimalist lo- uh, look of the big O. And, and again, as I mentioned to a couple of people last night, uh, you know if you know. That's, that, that, was, that was the thing with that shirt. And that shirt, yes, crappy segue. You can get that available and a lot more. So get ready for the 2022 season by heading over to teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck and pick up your merch today. And you can look like Cliff and I do. Maybe even better. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the bar is set extremely low on that one. <laughs> At least coming from me. So, <laughs> um, But but it was great to, to – I, I also got to give props to the fact that, yes, we did you know make sure to rock our merchandise and the fact that a lot of folks – we found out that work within the organization yep. are big fans of the podcast. We yep. appreciate each and every one of you at the office listening. I mean, I've, I've got visions in my head of, you know, everybody sitting at their office in the big O tuning into the flight deck. I'm like, Oh, that would be so cool. That'd be such a great thing to think about. So if that's the case, like I said, appreciate each and every one of you listening in, showing the support for us. Uh, we do it for you guys too. I mean, we do it for the fans. We do it for everybody coast to coast, but most importantly, we want to make sure that everybody who tunes in, subscribes to the Flight Deck, and downloads our podcast, listens to it, enjoys it, shares it with their friends and family. You know, as long as you and you show us the love, we appreciate it because we do it all for you guys. Exactly. So, that, so besides the draft itself, there were some interesting. Well, I think we'll talk about the transactions first that occurred um, a couple of days ago. Then we'll get into the slight modifications of. Uh, when it came to changes within the coaching staff itself. Uh, but the Alouettes released their their first transactions of the season, uh, of the new season. Um, we, we picked up um, another kicker. <laughs> uh, brought in a couple of, of uh, another running back, um, another quarterback. But, you know, this is training camp. We understand why they're bringing them in. We, and we, we get to... You know, we, we hold on to their rights, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but I think w- one thing I wanted to talk about specifically is, you know, we we're talking about who we drafted uh, in this year's CFL draft. We saw the players that were actually released. And I was curious to know what you thought about this, Cliff. Um, specifically, Rayshon Simonize, who is a Canadian a wide receiver, and then uh, uh, Frederick Plissis, who is a, a linebacker. Uh, they also, uh, Quentin uh, Dormandy, uh, Dormady. A quarterback out of Central Michigan was released. Any thoughts in particular about those? Uh, any of those three uh, players that the Els uh, released? Uh, yeah, that they that, had, that they released. Yes, uh, I'm a little surprised uh, with uh, Simon Ice being released uh, because again, we know how talented he is. We we've seen him play in this this league before, and uh, like I said, I, I didn't think he get a he, he didn't get a whole lot of reps last year, unfortunately, because again the national receiver position was still kind of being given the short shrift. And yes, you had Kion Julian Grant, who's younger and more explosive as far as playmaking goes. But I mean, I think uh, Rashawn definitely deserved an, uh, much more of an opportunity. And I thought he was actually going to get that this year, especially with the addition of Herji Mayala. Like yeah. now you had all of a sudden a lot of national receivers. So now my thought is, are you going to find a way to incorporate two national receivers at, 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 at the wideout position? Like that's, that's bold. 
if, if you're able to do that. And I thought, okay, well, great. You've got some really, you got some really talented players, including Simon Nice. And apparently, no. Apparently, uh, believe it or not, he actually asked for his release. So I think he's got some uh, potentially bigger projects down the pipeline that may or may not involve football. Uh, once again, uh, he's, he's been a big supporter of ours and uh, yeah. us with, with him. So you know, we definitely wish him all the best uh, at whatever the next chapter is for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to Frederick Plessius, uh, he's had injury issues over the years. Uh, he's always been a, a solid special teams player more than anything else. Uh, but again, it's just, you know, it, it was more of a deft move picking him up just to have that national talent on the sidelines ready to go if needed. Right. And now with the addition of, uh, like, as I said, the, the linebacking core was looking a little thin, but now with the addition of guys like Tyrell Richards and possibly Zach Lindley, in addition to the other linebackers on the staff, then unfortunately, even if you're a national player, you eventually do become expendable. And I think that's what the case was with uh, Plessius. Yeah. Uh, for Dormandy, uh, I mean, <laughs> quarterback position is, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> what can I say? I mean, well, it's like I said, drop one, pick up another. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's um, just, that's, a, that's just football in, in yeah. a nutshell. You, you, you invite people in, you think maybe you at least give them a chance, see what they can do in a camp environment. But sometimes it doesn't even get that far. That's just, that's football for you, folks. I mean, that's right. It, every, everybody loves football. Football loves nobody. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this in now because we're talking about it. of all the other players, including the other one, the Owls uh, had just announced yesterday that they that they signed a two-time national champion running back. Uh, is it Tavian? Tavian Feaster. Yep. Um, another running back, uh, plus the one that we signed earlier in the year. Any any thoughts specifically on on any of the transactions? Uh, any names that really stand out uh, that the Owls picked up that you know about? Well, I know everybody was supposed to be really supposed to be really excited at the idea of Tavian Feaster because it's a two-time national champion with the Clemson Tigers. Uh, funny thing is, like I honestly don't remember seeing him. Like I watched a fair bit of Clemson play, uh, well, in addition to other teams, but uh, I honestly didn't remember him. So I, 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 I know I'm supposed to be excited, maybe excited at the fact that you know the Alouettes have signed a two-time national college champion but kind of don't remember him <laughs> i was like this is odd like i i know he's played uh, clemson uh still very much uh you know a force to be reckoned with but again I, I look at the running back situation here in montreal and is this more just more competition for william standback sure i bet he welcomes it but you know uh i'm just curious to see like is let's see what he can offer but i mean i'm i'm not sure i'm supposed to be excited or or what but Okay, let's. At this point, it really is okay. Let's 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 see what you got, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I really I really don't know what to say. Like, I'm kind of at a loss for words because I I really don't remember watching this guy play. I mean, like his highlight the highlight reels that were put up by the Alouettes look good. You know, he, he can run fast and he looks like he can take a lick and give one out himself. That's always good, especially if you're playing in Montreal. I mean, you got to be able to. Put your your shoulder down and bowl people over. If you're a running back, that's what Standback does. That's what Cameron Artis Payne does. Uh, in time, Jeshwin Entry will be able to do that as well. But you also got to be able to turn on the Jets, and that's what this guy seems to be able to do. At least in the little bit that they shown of him. Yeah. Can he do that in here in Montreal? 
here's hoping if he, if he wants to stay employed, that's what he's going to have to do. But I mean, he's in tough as far as I'm concerned. He's only 24. He, by the way, he won his national championships in 2016 and 2018. And he actually went through the, uh, the transfer portal, uh, for his, for following his junior year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with Clemson, he rushed for 1330 yards and 15 touchdowns, uh, in his career with, uh, uh, Clemson, and then he rushed uh, his one year with the South Carolina Gamecocks. He rushed 124 times for 572 yards and five touchdowns uh, and 17 receptions for 87 yards in his one season with uh, South Carolina. Well, so, I mean, listen. But since then, it, he, he's been he's been uh, going around in between uh, the, the NFL in 2020 and mm-hmm. 2021, so. Well, that's it. Like, listen, he's he's he now has a chance to compete. Uh, I don't think he's going to unseat William Stanback. I just don't think that's a possibility. But no. hey, uh, I've been surprised before. So I mean, it's like anything else. You you bring these players in, see what they can do, and you just never know. Yeah, exactly. Now, if we were expecting to have Jeff Reimold, you know, we spoke to him earlier in this off season uh, as our special teams uh, coordinator, and what uh, a something that surprised both of us. Just by looking at your reaction of uh, WTF when I sent you the press release, um, <laughs> uh, Byron Archambault is going to be taking over for Reinbold. Uh, it was stated the official statement is is that Coach Reinbold will un- be unavailable to perform his coaching duties for due to personal matters. Um, I know he's been getting a lot of love on, on Twitter, hoping he's okay. Absolutely. Like a lot of people were worried that maybe he had uh, another health scare because mm-hmm. let's not forget he did battle cancer and successfully beat it. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people were wondering, oh my gosh, maybe something, it may be along those lines, but uh, all the all the team would say was personal matters. So that's, and Coach Reinbold has also not really volunteered a whole lot of information. Like he's definitely received a lot of love and has shown it back to each and every one of us as we would expect him to do. Yes. Uh, so that's there's really all that's really all you can say is just you hope the best for the best for coach and uh, it's disappointing because I was really really looking forward to seeing him at camp this year and being able to catch up again. Let's not forget we had him on the show last year and it was I think one of our best interviews that we did last year. Uh, so it would have been really co- really would have been really awesome to see what he could do for the Alouettes, but now now it's a chance for Byron Archambault to see what he can do. Yep. Uh, he did do special teams for the uh, University of Montreal Carabins. Yep, that's true. And they did manage to go to a Vanier Cup. So, I mean, he just might know what he's doing there. So, I I, I guess we'll see. He he did get uh, Coach Reinbold's staff of approval as far as, uh, you know, saying that, you know, he, he, the team's in good hands with him as special teams coach. So, listen, I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, he was actually supposed to be linebacker's coach. I think he still may be linebacker's coach in addition to the special teams coordinator right, right, now. Right. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's see what Byron can do. Uh, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's kind of funny to say, but he's got big shoes to fill, even though those shoes never actually set foot that's true. in Montreal yep. in an official capacity. But that's just, you know, these things happen. I mean, life sometimes just gets in the way. And, you know, like I said, all we can do is hope for the best for Coach Ryan Bold and wish all the success for coach Archambault now as well. True. And I think what both you and you and I, Cliff, we can, I think we can honestly say to coach Reinbold is mahalo. As he would say multiple times on, on, on Twitter. So mahalo coach, but yeah, I'm curious to see what uh, Archambault can do. 
I know there was a, I think there was a, an interview with him on TSN this week on TSN 690, which I need to catch up on some audio. Uh, we did put it in our, our, our socials over on Twitter. So, uh, we did like that. So go ahead and listen to that if you didn't listen to it already, but we'll see again. We'll see. Uh, Archambault has a, he, I think when he was uh, ahead of, um, special teams, they did very, very well. They did very well, supposedly. So, uh, well, and I'll, let's not forget as a special teams coordinator, as with Arthur Bo's special teams coordinator, the Carabane did go to the Vanier Cup in 2019 mm-hmm. with Danny Machocha as head coach and Anthony Calvio as That's true. offensive offensive coordinator. So yeah, AC I, and now AC's back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I Danny Max here. So I mean, he's getting the getting the band back together. So I know. To speak. I know. I'm, Let's see if it works, baby. Let's see if it works. Well, uh, listen, it's it's got to now. I mean, like. I, I think the the line's been drawn. I mean, like I said, we know what Coach Ryan Bull has done in this league. And as I said, trying to – I don't know if you can really truly match up to that, but and maybe that shouldn't be I, – I sincerely hope uh, Byron Archibald doesn't try to make that his goal to be as good as Jeff Ryan Bull. Like, he's got to do his own thing. Yeah. Let's just make sure – and again, just make sure that you've got the right players in place and, on special teams and just make sure that they understand the assignment. Yeah, and, yeah. That's really what it comes down to when it comes to special teams. So I'm hoping all the best for Byron Archambault. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, yeah. We'll give, uh, give all the co like we do with all coaches, give him a chance. So 100%. Uh, lastly, um, when it comes to uh, changes, uh, the Owls announced today the appointment of Mike Le- is it, uh, Leonello as receivers coach. Is he taking over for Coach Gordon? Technically not. No. No, there was another coach that was hired. Uh, yes, 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 yes. That's right. As uh, as receivers coach, but now, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Alouettes landed themselves a very talented coach. I, I mean, we, we we definitely thought the world of Coach Gordon, and so did Kahari Jones. That was he was basically Kahari's right hand man in 2019 and 2021. Uh, but now, uh, Mike Leonello, uh, he's done some pretty amazing things uh, in the CFL and also uh, for Simon Fraser University as far as uh, offensive stats go. I mean, he's he's managed to get a lot out of his players. So if he can get a lot out of this receiving core, which I'm telling you right now is practically a murderer's row of talent, uh, if Leonello can really harness the talent that he's got in front of him and just keeps adding to what he's been able to help his uh, his charges and other teams produce, yeah, you can't help but be excited. I mean... Like I said, I, I'm curious to see what he can do. And uh, now that he's here in Montreal, uh, I, 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 I definitely think that uh, he can be uh, a game changer if given the right environment. And I think uh, working with guys like Gino Lewis, Jake Winecki, Herji Maella, Quan Bray, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Like there are oh, some yeah. very talented receivers on this football team. And Leonello now has a chance to harness that talent and really make them thrive. So if, if he can do that, like this, this hire is going to be deceptively good. Mm-hmm. Um, before we finish, some real, just some quick Alouette stuff that we saw this week. Uh, what, what are your? I, I'm actually happy to see Cliff that the Alouettes are back out in the community. I understand, you know, we're limitations last you know, really over the last two years, um, you know, with COVID. Um, but it's nice to see VA, some of the other players doing what they can. Uh, I think they were in uh, Trois-Rivières originally, and I think they've gone to other, you know, other places around the city. I, I can't remember where they were recently. I, I remember seeing something on social media, but it, it has totally escaped me. Uh, uh, Boucherville. Thank you, thank you. Um, 
but it's 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 cool to see that again. Um, and obvious, and one of the other things is the change of VA's number. The oh yes, VA has gone back for, gone back to three from eight, and I'm I'm up here staring at the thing that VA signed for us, uh, signed for me. You know, at the dinner that we had with him a, a few years back, and that's his number eight. I'm thinking, does that mean I need to get it? At, I got to get another one. <laughs> I, I think another one, another one signed. I got to if one's made. So. But I kind, of, I kind of think you have to now. <laughs> yeah, it, it should be. I mean, players, you know, I, I remember before that VA had, had they went through this early where he made the choice whether he was going to stay with three or go to eight. And at that, at that time, he chose eight. This time, he's switching back to three. Uh, obviously, it's the number that he wore basically all of his career playing football, you know, mm-hmm. university, pro, whatever. So... I and mean, I believe he was born uh, January third, nineteen ninety three, as well. So I mean, yeah. like he, the the number three has some actual, uh, like, honest to goodness, significance far beyond football as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's cool. That's cool. And and the Alouettes are actually doing something. And if if you guys don't know this already, if you currently have a VA jersey that has the number eight, they're going to be doing a a trade in program where you'll be able to, if you want, you'll be able to get a, a new replica jersey. That uh, with his new number, his new old number, his but yes, new, his new old number. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I myself have to decide what I'm going to do because I currently have, you know, I have an away uh, VA jersey with number eight on it. So yeah, no, I, to me, I, I, I'm really surprised that he he's waited this long to go back. I, I, I think there was he felt like he really wanted to make a, a new beginning with the number eight yeah, and. Yeah. It just never felt like a good fit. Like I understand why he he made the switch initially because uh, it was already like the number three was already spoken for. But and he would have had the opportunity sooner to get number three back. But politics, let's just say, got in the way, and you know, so he's he's still number eight. And now he had the opportunity to switch back to his number three. I think it, it just fits. You know, like it to me, it, it feels like a right has a wrong has been righted with this. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy that Vernon was able to get the number three back. It just suits him better. It, it it really is him, as far as I'm concerned. Like number eight, you know, he did well with it. Like he he made it work for the most part, but it just never felt 100. percent And I think you're gonna see that attitude now. You're gonna you're gonna see him thrive. Like it sounds silly. Like uh, you wouldn't think a number would have that much of an impact, but it all comes to that mental mindset that uh, players have. And I, I think just knowing that he's gonna be wearing his number three, like he should have been, how he started his career with the Alouettes mm-hmm. was with number three. I really think that's going to make a big difference to him mentally, emotionally, and just how he performs on the field as well. And I'm very happy for him that he's he's got that back. Yeah. And I, I think it kind of quashes that negative because uh, a certain reporter of the, for the team had mentioned that uh, perhaps Vernon Adams is on the hot seat. Uh, if that were the case, then why would he be allowed to change his number? If, if there's the thought that maybe Vernon would be on his way out – why would they go through the, the whole machinations of changing changing a number and doing this program where that you can exchange a jersey to get his proper number on it? Right. So to me, I think this just reestablishes the fact that this is Vernon Adams' football team, 100% full stop, mm-hmm. because you wouldn't be doing this for someone that you're just looking to get rid of as far as I'm concerned. So I think that kind of talk is just that, talk. Like this is VA's team. This is a great initiative that's happening. Folks, if you do have a number eight jersey, I think you owe it to yourself and you owe it to VA if you're a fan of his to be rocking that number three. Like we need to have 
Percival Molson Stadium filled with number three jerseys. No disrespect to the eight. It, it served its purpose, but let's face it. This number three is Vernon Adams Jr. You're going to find that out each and every game day. And you look out, you look out in the, the crowd and you see those number three jerseys there as well. You know this is our quarterback. And he is playing for you. He is playing for this team. He's playing for this city. And as far as I'm concerned, it's number three all day. Yeah. Big play VA all day. Number three. Yeah. Simple until, as that. Hey, until otherwise, he is, as you said. Hashtag our, as you would put it, our MFing quarterback. One hundred percent. I'll even say three hundred percent. Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did. Well, we appreciate everybody. Uh, you know, we had the early thing, la- the early show last week. Um, please uh, keep looking at our socials. See if we're going to be in th- uh, Torrever this weekend. I know we have plans coming up for the Victoria Day weekend too. Uh, if those uh, uh, go according to plan, but uh, uh, just keep keep an eye on Cliff and my personal accounts also because we'll be getting out information. If and if you happen to be going with Saturday Sunday, if there is a uh, an opening day or the following weekend, let us know and uh, maybe we'll, we'll meet up with you and uh, and say hello. Right. 100%. We, we definitely love, uh, you know, like even yesterday was a, a good indication. Like people love the podcast. We appreciate each and every one of that's listening to us. Uh, if you see us, you'll, you'll know us by our, our gear. You know, yes. we'll be rocking the, the flight deck gear. Come over, say hello to us. We'd love to talk football. Maybe you know, some new merch too, man. Woo, baby, that's coming. Oh, listen. I mean, 2022 is fixing to be one heck of a year, not just for the Alouettes, but for the Alouette Flight Deck podcast. So, I mean... Again, folks, I can't reiterate, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody about the YouTube channel. Make sure they're following. Make sure they're they're liking, subscribing, mm-hmm. checking out the podcast. Mm-hmm. However they check it out, please help us get the word out. We appreciate each and every one that's listening. And I, I can't say this enough times is that we do this for each and every one of you. So yep. If you see us at training camp, come say hello. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to, you know, chat up some football. If you you love the show, let us know what we're doing right. If you got some questions or concerns about what we're doing, let us know that as well. We want to hear all the feedback. So by all means, if you see us at training camp, and God willing, we'll be there as much as possible. Come say hi. We, exactly. We'd love to see you. Exactly. So, uh, uh, Cliff, uh, great week. Let's hope next week is just as good as this past week. And uh, obviously, everybody here. Uh, we hope to see, to have you join us next week too for next week's episode. Uh, hopefully, to talk about training camp. Fingers crossed. So, well, for- that's that's the goal is to make sure that we're talking. We're we're going to talk about football no matter what. But let's yeah. let's hope that we're talking about what we saw yeah. on day one at camp. Yeah, and maybe some maybe some uh, quick snippet interviews, some short interviews. You never know. Things can happen. Things can happen on a whim, baby. So for everybody here at the Elwood's Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.